Tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show, and thanks, thanks to everybody for for showing the support for the Live by Terrence Network. Man, some great things happened this weekend for the this week for the network. Got to go to a meet and greet in Columbus. Got to go do the grind till I sign event, uh, judging everything, and that was a whole lot of fun. But we'll get into that later. But um. First off, you know, I want to thank, I want to thank, I want to thank God and every, and thank God for allowing us to see another day, allowing us to see the sun out, you know, in some places, allowing us to see, allowing us to see, you know, the snow in other areas. So, you know, just be blessed with what you got. But we're going to jump into this devotional real quick. And the devotional comes from Psalms 81 
89 verses 1 and 10. I will sing of the loving kindness of the Lord forever. To all generations I will make known your faithfulness with my mouth. That in great that in a greater ordeal of affliction, that their abundance of joy, their deep poverty overflowed in their wealth of their liber, liberality. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. He saved us, not on the basis of deeds that which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. For God, who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. The book of the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have success. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we can talk, so we would walk in in them. Now, David's cries for help fills the pages of Psalms. His prayer his prayers are a blend of requests and worship recalling God's greatness, love, power, and protection. Playing with recognition of God's amazing attributes remind us He has the wisdom, strength, and compassion to meet all our needs. Here are examples of this type of prayer. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? God is everywhere. He is not limited by time or space. We are never away from his awareness for a single moment. So even when we feel isolated or friendless, we're not alone. Great is our Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is infinite. God knows everything. When we bend our knees to pray to him, he's already aware of the feelings and and needs that we're about to mention. So we can be certain when we ask for a direction, he'll provide clear guidance if we're submitted to his will. As for me, I shall call upon God, the one who sits enthroned from of old, with whom there is no change. God's character is constant. Since we can always trust he'll be faithful, reliable, and merciful, we can place our confidence in him no matter what the situation is. When believers recall the attribute of God, their needs, they place the focus of, of their prayers on the Lord rather than on the request. By mixing praise into our prayers, we end up asking for less, worshiping better, and receiving more because of our emphasis is in the right place. 
So, in other words, pray for those who have forsaken and forsaken you. Pray for those in need as well as not in need. Because when you think about it, blessed assurance is always around us. We just got to know when and how to ask for it. A little food for thought for everybody. But we're going to take a quick station break. We're going to jump right. We're going to take a quick station break. We're going to jump right back into this, into a conversation that I've had with some of my coworkers and some breaking news from yesterday that's not really breaking news, but it's really bothering me and I really need to say something about it. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
find a soul sky that's mine I don't wish I climb My old ceilings denied The daytime arrives Your nightmares confirm My whole tribe's alive We stay fitted for the finish Never ask why Six rays keep telling me I can't fly My hopes reach for the ceiling With their hands high So understand Got the city on standby Finding a balance in a game That's morally wrong For 5 a.m. up in the morning We ducking the light I earn time through the habits We usually own Saving up out of Spend it on nothing, that's right, that's a hell of a night The drag swimming, the aim bringing the same thing Your mind locking, the lames rocking the same bling The bed swinging, the Z's clinging the same dream A low limit what the frame brings Low limit what the frame brings We up late again, plotting on the same thing Low limit what the frame brings We up late as hell, plotting on the same thing But hold up, let them picture this no pills, it's still limitless. <laughs> Recouping the true essence, the legends who passed on. Live forever while we reminisce. True precision, I give forever and never miss. Signature sound like signing down on a dotted wish. Seeing signs of you clown rappers on common shit. Trading in your word for green faces and diamond whips. Copping medallions while my people starve. I think the public getting blind to what honesty is. I heard life is stage play a part But we ain't trying to be a part of this comedy biz Cause ain't it funny, I'm holding like no grudges As long as your hoes love it and money just keeps coming Trying to rain on your fire by burning my whole budget A lion where y'all liars rely on the same subject The track swimming, the aim bringing the same thing Your mind locking, the lames rocking the same bling The bed swinging, the Z's clinging the same dreams uh, A low limit what the frame brings Low limit what the frame brings we up late again, plotting on the same thing. Low limit, what the frame brings. We up late as hell, plotting on the same thing. Plotting on the same. Plotting on the same. On the same thing. Plotting on the same. Plotting on the same. On the same thing. A low limit what the frame brings. A low limit what the frame brings, yeah. A low limit what the frame brings, uh. Applying on the same things, yeah. About to get a choir in here. Plotting on the same things. We just plotting on the same things, yeah. Plotting on the same things. We up late as hell, plotting on the same things. Trotting on the same thing, trotting on the quest to with a guess, that's what the fame brings. Come and be my guest, you can get flame, man. Let me get my dragon out the den. Let me maintain the flow as I craft it with my pet. I'm a master with the rap and can't be matched by many men. Cause I passed you when I traveled down the path you've never been. Staying active with this passion, trying to stack up all the gen. Try to for the cabbage, silly rabbit with a spin. I'm a savage, call me Ben. Sending rappers turn to dirty bastards when I have to dip. Instrumentals can get ripped. Shooting lyrics off my men don't make you rap. Get the memo like I'm deadly with the clips That's a semi-automatic You can bet we bring the havoc Load the barrel, let them have it Just be sure to leave your address I'm addressing all the rappers Playing dress up You in the wrong set The thought I tell you The rap game is not a pageant It's tragic Since the young and been busting bum To get out the gutter Avoiding trouble And now I'm buzzing Due to this hunger I'm busting bubbles Waking brothers up from slumbers Now I'm no longer the underdog I'm heating up this summer No more dreaming Only action Me my team gon' make it happen We just scheming, strategizing why you guys are steady napping? Treasure my presence like pirate chess. I'm spitting crack. Release the cracking. Kyle moving back. And so I hope you rap and start it packing. Hey. 
dead and evicted. And even claws know that the boys' bars are gifted. We making noise, neighbors might call the boys, they tripping. Might leave a sticky note with a message, you just missed the tape. We've been working hard, people never stop that hating. Only seem to quiet down when Kyle finally elevating. Early flights and elevators take me to my destination. 17 and getting green, but we ain't even met the fame yet. Bet, bet, bet. It's too much money here. I mean, nobody should be hitting Lotto for $36 million and we got people starving in the streets. That is not idealistic. That's just real. That is just stupid. There's no way Michael Jackson should have, or whoever Jackson, should have a million thousand, drupal billion dollars, and then there's people starving. There's no way. There's no way that these people should own planes and their people don't have houses, apartments, shacks, drawers, pants. I know you're rich. I know you got $40 billion, but can you just keep it to one house? You only need one house. And if you only got two kids, can you just keep it to two rooms? I mean, why have 52 rooms and you notice somebody with no room? It just don't make sense to me. It don't. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen. You know, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're right here with us tonight, and I thank you for that. Hailing from Norfolk, Massachusetts, give it up for him, y'all. Homie, my eyes too filled with the shit I seen. And daytime told me still I dream When a cold glass filled with the feel I bring It still is old schooling when I ride on clean And I could reach on to the levels above Or maybe skyrocket to the levels of buzz I'm feeling way better by the end of my run So I'm in paradise kicking by the time that I'm done You feel me? A new space where my mind is Your opinion couldn't define this And we searching only to find bliss Steady living on cause you can never rewind this Living, I earn, I give and I earn Hustle and burn through the essence of spreading my word I stay vivid till the dream's done On these verses, I'm giving Cupid machine guns So bada boom, what's love, come on The sky is the limit, so you know you just keep on Yeah, you keep on pressing on Against the world, round one, nothing here to take the pressure off. On skylines, I can level off. I put my ego on the edges of clouds until I let them dry. Hitting the ground, good riddance. The boy rigid with sand and my mood shifting. Young nights with parties and new women. Regardless of the crowds, I'm thinking we too different, cuz. They end up for recognition, we end up for love. Cursing a dollar to the point that I'm getting me some. Miles above what was supposed to be out of my range. Ironic, cuz I thought about jumping a gun. Biting bullets with the peace signs on them. Running from the ruckus to the whole path on us. Running and still, never forgetting where I came from. It's one love and one fan to the game's won. We ain't the same, son.
anything is This guy ain't even the limit, man Do what you love And focus on what you care about And who you care about And on and on and on We pressing on and on and on And one more time before we're up out of here Give it up for the beautiful lyric of Jada. We pressing on and on and on. We gone. Welcome back into the Fresh Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Uh, that was some music from Connor Cassidy. Also some music from Torrance Roy. Yo, check out my man Connor Cassidy. Connor TK Cassidy on, <laughs> on Twitter. Check him out on his Facebook page. And also check him out. Also check him out here. You know, we we got some music. We get, we, we got his music and, and, uh, and everything. So big things about to happen for Connor Cassidy. Uh, that was his latest, actually, that was just played, Sky's the Limit, with Lyrical Jada, the beautiful, vivacious Lyrical Jada. So, um, but welcome, like I said, welcome back into the press box. We ended, we rolling with the tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine, and first things first, we're going to jump right into it. For one, I, I am not a LeBron hater by any means. I just don't like the guy. I think I, I think that she's a little bit of a prima donna. This is the second coach she's ran off since he's been in Cleveland. Mike Brown went sixteen twenty-one. You lose in the East semifinals. That was the same. That was also the year before you decided to to jump ship. All right. So let's fast forward that to yesterday where David Black was fired by the Cleveland Cavaliers yesterday. And the general manager comes out and says that there was disharmony in the locker room. There was this, there was this, there was this. Well, there was disharmony in the locker room because you basically brought in a guy that you basically had him as a lame duck coach. So the guy you wanted was Tyron Lou. You hired Tyron Lou. You pay him almost three million dollars to be an assistant coach. Let's think about this here. Before you signed Tyron Lou you interviewed him for that job, for the head coaching job. You were David Platt. You were David Black. On that team, you had Andrew Wiggins, who you just drafted. You had Kevin Love, who you just who you just traded for, and you had you had Kevin Love, 
who you're about to you had under you had Andrew Wiggins who you're about to who you were about to trade off for Kevin Love. You had Kyrie who had an excellent first year, was a rookie of the year. And then you had an incoming LeBron James who decided to take his talents back to Cleveland, where it quote unquote all began. Here is the disconnect that everybody has with this, and this is what I really want everybody to understand. Gordon Smith said that LeBron doesn't run this team. LeBron had no impact on the hire. If I cursed on my show, I would definitely curse on my show. But I'm going to say, I'm going to pull it straight out. And it's the BS card. Because, for one, there's always been disharmony between David Blatt and LeBron James. LeBron didn't want him there in the first place. LeBron, I mean, he he basically put everything in your hands. I mean, y'all, everybody talks about how much of a disciplinarian he wasn't, you know, how he wouldn't say anything about certain players being unprofessional. Uh Case in point, the whole J.R. Smith uh, incident, things like that. But where Tyron Lue would step in and say things. Well, here's the thing with that. We're dealing with grown men here. And you put him in a position to where you were almost trying to set him up for failure, but when it blew up in your face and it took a 41-point loss to to probably the best team in the league, the best team in the league in the Golden State Warriors, to say that now that there's disharmony and we felt like this is the right time, wrong. LeBron felt like it was the right time. LeBron felt like this is his team, and whatever he says goes. And that's the way that went. And then, and then it's like this. And Cleveland wonders why they haven't won a championship in uh, in a little over sixty years. I mean, it's the same reason that the Cubs haven't won a World Series in a hundred years. And yes, I did talk about my Cubs because my those are my that's my thing, and I'm a lovable loser. But yet I digress. You wonder why Cleveland hasn't won a championship because you have prima donnas just like this guy, like like Bronny, who's acting like his like his 11 year old son because. He didn't get his cookie cut the right way, or he didn't get his milk poured at the at the right temperature, and all this good stuff. So, I I wanna I wanna just open it up to everybody. I want everybody to to if you're listening out there, I want everybody to call in six four six three seven eight zero two nine eight. I want to hear some opinions on this because, for one, this is my opinion on it. You give Tyron Alou a three-year contract, prorated, three million dollars a year, three million dollars this year, three million prorated, prorated, prorated contract for this year, 
next year jumps to three million, then the next year jumps to three point five million. My question is this: If you knew you wanted to hire Tyron Lue in the beginning, why didn't you hire him in the beginning? You bring over a guy who is probably one of the best coaches in Europe. He's kicking butt in Europe. He comes over here. He's kicking a little butt over here. He just didn't get the job done in the first season. That That's the only thing that he didn't do was get the job done in the first season. Then he leads you to a 30-11 and 11 record. You're number one in the East. Kevin Love. Kevin Love really doesn't want to be there, but he's there because it's a chance to get him a ring. Kyrie's there because Kyrie had no choice but to be there. I mean, you have J.R. Smith, you have Iman Shumpert. You know, J.R. Smith is unprofessional. He's almost garbage. I mean, he's a he's a good he's a good player, but his attitude makes him garbage to me. I mean, he has the worst attitude. He's not a team player for real. I mean, let's just let's just face it this way: if the Knicks gave up on you, and James Dolan is an idiot, there is really something wrong with you. So, you know, I, I, I'm I'm looking at the disconnect. I'm looking at I'm looking at everything that that's happening. There, you know, all this chemistry and things of that nature. Well. When LeBron doesn't really buy into a system, he runs away. He runs like a scalded dog. He he, he just it, it's just wham. I mean, I mean instead of calling him, I mean instead of calling him the king, we should call him the baby. I mean, am I the only one who's seen this? I mean, and then. You call yourself one of the greatest of all time. Until you do what Bill Russell did with 11 championships in your career, until you do what Michael Jordan did going six for six in appearances in in NBA championships, you're not the greatest. You just got two rings and that's it. You're just like a Michael Thompson. You're just like a, I mean, you're just like a Michael Thompson. You're just like a, you're just like a James Worthy. I mean, you'll be in the Hall of Fame. But I'll put you in that same in that same league as Carl Malone and Charles Barkley. Almost but never but not quite. Because you got two rings on the coattails of, of guys like Chris Bosch and, and Dwayne Wade. So before you even say anything about anything you say, you know, we're gonna get this many rings, we're gonna get that many rings, we're gonna get that many rings. <laughs> But let's be on the point. You're not that great. If you to dictate what a, what a, what another guy's job is, you're wrong. Dead wrong. And for the general manager to say that he didn't consult LeBron, he's a liar too. And I would call him a liar to his face. I mean... Let's let's look at it this way. We're gonna we're gonna move forward from this. We're gonna talk about diverse cities for professional sports. I mean, of course, 
We know in the last couple of weeks, LA's got LA's gonna get two football franchises. They're gonna get the they're gonna get the Chargers eventually, and they got the Rams for next season. Let's look at it this way. LA is the worst city for college for for professional sports because, especially football wise, because nobody really cares about who's there, for real. I mean, he's making all this big hullabaloo about about you know bringing the Rams back to LA, this, that, and the other. I mean, okay. The Rams have gone back for the second time. You went to St. Louis, 20-something years of just great, great, great attendance. Not the greatest teams. You won the Super Bowl there. Georgia Frontier brought them here, brought them to St. Louis. You know, you had some of the best offenses ever. You had some of the best defenses ever. But at the same time, you know, when Kroenke brought in, brought these guys, he said he wasn't going to leave. There was a proposal on the table. And this is why this all goes in the twine. This is why I think Roger Goodell is the worst of the worst when it comes to commissioners in the, in the six major sports in North America. Gary Bettman's gone through two lockouts and two full seasons of non of non league play. Roger Goodell has made the NFL has made the NFL yes profitable yes marketable, but he's also made it a tyranny. He's he's a tyrant for real. He's he's punch drunk on money. He's punch drunk on power. And when you're punch drunk on money and power, that makes you very dangerous. That makes you almost Trump-like in a sense. Let, let, let's think about it in this way. When you can say things or you can rule on things, you, you're the, quote, judge, jury, and executioner. That's when you've got way too much power. You can't be a commissioner and running the day-to-day operations of a of a major professional league, and then be a disciplinarian. Do this, do that. I mean, at least the NHL under Gary Bettman, they've got a guy who, quote unquote, is the guru of conduct, Brendan Shanahan, who was <laughs> probably one of the dirtiest players in the game. He is your he is your director of discipline. So basically, when you get in trouble, you 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 take a trip to Toronto to the NHL headquarters and you get discipline right there. Okay, when you go, when you get that that little that little slip to come see the commissioner, just like going to the principal's office and saying you're suspended for two days, you're you're this, you're that, you get with a fine. I mean, you find a guy because he says he doesn't want to get fined at Super Bowl. <laughs> he says he's there because he doesn't want to get fined. 
you don't do things to people who have done some messed up things, like a Joey Porter. You only slapped him on the wrist with a $10,000 fine. But because of guys with reputations, sort of like Adam Pacman Jones and Vontaze Perfect, you give him a three-game suspension on a hit that he pulled out of. He hit him with his shoulder. He didn't hit him with his elbow. He hit him with his shoulder. It wasn't helmet to helmet. But you give him three games based on based on <laughs> on past and prior prior incidents. Pat Man Jones, because he's got this quote unquote stigma of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. You find him because he talked about what happened. He talked about your officials. You find him because of that. You look at what could have happened in St. Louis. St. Louis was all ready to build a riverfront stadium. They had already had the licensing, the naming rights to the stadium already sold to National Car Rental. But Roger Goodell wanted so bad to be back in L.A., he balked on that idea and said, hey, <laughs> let's let's buy some votes and let's get these guys over into into St. Louis. Let's get, let's get the Rams in St. Louis. Let, let's do this. Let's get the Chargers out of, out of San Diego where the owner there – you really think you were going to get public money and you're only going to pitch in what 30% and you want it to you want the public to to keep your team there? No. No. I mean the reason why Petco Park got built for the Padres was because the owners of the Padres actually went 70% of the way in and the public paid the other 30%. But you wanted to put in just $100 million but you didn't <laughs> you wanted to put in $100 million and you asked for public for public money. You're a billionaire owner the NFL generates billions of dollars a year. And you couldn't put in 70% like an MLB franchise did? You couldn't put in 70% like what Arthur Blank's done? Arthur Blank is putting in 80% of his money. The other 20% come from a land sale that he bought. He bought that land next to Georgia Dome. To put the Mercedes-Benz Stadium up, so you tell me, you you the public tell me why Roger Goodell is still NFL commissioner. I mean, he's dropped the ball on. I can count three different things: the whole Bounty Gate situation. He's dropped the ball in some of his disciplinary actions. I.e. the Jonathan Vilma, you know, Bounty Gate scandal thing. 
the the discipline of, of Josh Gordon. The I mean, there there's so much more to this. The way he handles discipline. I mean, you're you were almost on the chopping block. But it took guys like Jerry Jones who has more pull than anybody. The Ford family. They don't like you, but they'd rather see you they'd rather see you there than not see you there. But yet I digress. I mean Cleveland. Cleveland's the worst Cleveland is the worst of the worst. Chicago's is bad. Chicago's a great professional town. St. Louis is a great professional town. When you have the right people who are gonna look out for those people in that town. But one of the worst things for me is Atlanta. And it's not because of the fan base in Atlanta. It's not because of anything about the city of Atlanta. Atlanta's beautiful. I'm about an hour away from Atlanta. You know, but Atlanta is the hub city. You have people moving here every year from other cities like Philadelphia, like New York, like Chicago, Cleveland, St. Louis, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, you know, L.A., Seattle. I mean, the list goes on and on. So you really don't get that feel of a hometown crowd when you go to a game because they're they're looking to see their team, the team that they grew up watching, the team that they grew up wanting to see day in, day out. So – this is why Atlanta's a really bad city to have professional sports. I mean, I can remember last season when the Bears come into town and they played at the Georgia Dome. There was more people cheering for the Bears than there were for the for the for the Falcons. I mean, a lot of people have their favorite teams. You know, so that's what makes that's what makes things so so different about about these cities. Cleveland, we, I mean, states all over. I mean, I, I can I can name I can name off some states for Cleveland. You know, but the ones but the one gem that Cleveland had, The one gym that Cleveland had was Jim Tomey, and you couldn't get him a you couldn't get him a ring. You had a young Manny Ramirez on the yeah, Albert Bell, you know Omar. I mean, I was an Indians fan for the longest time, and you know these guys did not get a chance. They got one shot to win the World Series. That was it. But yet I digress. You know, we're going to move on now. And, you know, we're going to take another quick station break. We'll be right back. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about, uh, catch up on the boxing action as well as the UFC action from last week, um, as well as talk about some, talk about Championship Sunday, you know. Some of the some of the fun things about Championship Sunday, 
um, around the NFL. So we're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. We're going to jump into some boxing now. And last week was last week was some of the best some of the best fights I, I've seen in a while. Um, now that we have we have not one, but we have two American heavyweight champions now. Charles Martin last week uh, won in rather dubious fashion, I may say. Uh, watch this fight and uh, really feel bad for uh, for the fighter Glasgow. Um, he uh, he slipped in the ring twice, and uh, what happened was uh, he tore his ACL during the fight, and uh, he had to. He had to um, give up the fight, and uh, and it was it was a pretty well fought well fought match uh, for the most part. Charles Martin was going to end up winning this match anyway. I think he had I think he had uh, I think he had uh, you know he hurt him pretty bad you know with one punch and he had slipped down so. Um, this time around, I mean, it was kind of it was kind of bad, you know. And he slipped again, and you can see where you can see where his knee just buckled and moved in a way that it shouldn't have moved. Um, so that that was that was pretty that was pretty horrible. And then uh, you know that that was the IBF championship. You know, the IBF championship was stripped from Tyson Fury after he won it a couple weeks ago because. He agreed to do an immediate immediate rematch with Vladimir Klitschko, and IBF wanted to see him in a mandatory against Vyacheslav Glaskov, who was the number one contender. Um, so it was that was that was the reasoning behind that. That's why we have a new IBF champion. Um, now, in that main event, there was another heavyweight championship fight, the WBC heavyweight championship. Deontay Wilder of <laughs> Deontay Wilder of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, stepped in with the with the Archer Zabika, uh, and it looks as though he struggled in this fight. I mean, he struggled with he struggled with the southpaw, and it wasn't it didn't take him long to finally figure him out. You know, he was getting out jabbed in this fight, but he was he was in the fight. Um, if I may say so, and he hit him with one punch. He hit uh, Deontay Wilder hit his Sabika with one punch, laid him out. Um, I mean, it was just a it was just a a, a punch that I had seen him throw a million times, but. This was the first time I had ever seen him put one on the button the way that he did in close range. And when he hit the ground, oh it was Betty by you go. I mean that that's so that's how hard he hit him. But that wasn't even that wasn't even the <laughs> that wasn't even the antithesis of this fight. What happened after the fight was actually even better. <laughs> I mean, Tyson Fury was in the crowd, he was there. Um the Showtime people brought him in um, to get in to get in 
to get into Mr. Wilder's face and he sings this song like he's at a soccer match goes there's only one Tyson Fury now I've seen Tyson Fury fight he has no chin he's 6'10 he has a lazy jab that he finally put together in the Klitschko fight but you know you fight David Hay you beat David Hay you beat David Hay by pure luck. I mean, let's call it, let me, you, you won't even fight Hay. Because Hay was hurt. But now that Hay is back in and he he won his fight last week. You know, you, you say that you don't want to fight him now. You know, well, you jump in the ring with Deontay Wilder and you start singing this this great song. And Deontay gets back in your face. And then you go parading around like you're Brock Lesnar or somebody throwing your taking off your taking off your vest and throwing it on the ground, you know, doing all this stuff. And Deontay Wilder had one of the best <laughs> one of the best quotes. I had heard from from a fighter in a long time. He's, he basically said, I don't play this. I don't play this. And then he said, we could have got this together years ago, but you kept running. He said, you can run around like a preacher all you want to, but when you step in this ring, I promise you. And he said, he said about three or four times, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. I will baptize you. <laughs> and then he goes on to further say, this is an act. You're not a real fighter. This is an act. I don't play this. This ain't wrestling. This ain't the WWE. I mean, Tyson Fury standing on standing on, on the ring ropes, holding his hands up in the air. I mean, you're basically making yourself like a bomb. May, May comes around. You're going to fight Vladimir again. Vladimir is going to knock you, going to put you to sleep. I mean, a 39-year-old Vladimir Klitschko is better than a, is better than is it's so much better than Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is a bum. I mean, you win a fight over a guy who just didn't have a good night. You finally put your jab together, which is all well and good. Good. Claps you, slap on, slap on the butt. Good job, whatever. What's gonna happen next in the heavyweight division is is yet to be seen. Will we see a Andrew? Martin, will we see it? Will we see a Martin Wilder unification? Highly unlikely because Deontay Wilder has a mandatory that he's gonna fight that he has to fight. And he will fight in, I think, June or July against Alexander Povetkin. The IBF actually wants to basically get Martin back into the ring with the winner of, I mean, with the winner of, you know, there's an IBF title eliminator coming up. 
And I can't remember who the two fighters are, but I know it's coming up in the next couple, in the next month or so. A title eliminator goes, the winner of that fight is going to fight Martin. Um, so this leaves dates for the end of the year. Will we see a unification if Martin wins the wins the belt? He's a lefty. He's a softball by um, the softball um, by by uh, chance. We haven't seen a left-handed heavyweight champion. We haven't seen a, a softball heavyweight champion since Michael Moore. So this is this is going to be pretty fun to watch. Will the IBF grant David Hay a title shot? You know, when he won last week, he, he won over an Australian fighter uh, by first-round knockout. So there's a lot of things that could happen in the heavyweight division in the next few months. You know, everything will play itself out, you know. And then you have the wild card and all this, Anthony Joshua, a British heavyweight with superior punching power. He's number one in the IBF, the WB. He's number one, he's the number one contender in the in the WBA, the IBO, and uh, and he's like number three in the WBC, and also number three in in the IBF. So you got a guy like him, who's a consensus number one contender. You know, for in most people's eyes, then you have David Hay, who's thirty five and coming back. You have Martin, you have Wilder, you have Klitschko, you have Fury. I mean, you got some blockbuster fights that could happen in the next in the next few months, in the next few weeks. So, very excited to see what's going to happen in the heavyweight division. But what I'm really more excited about is tonight's fight. Um, tonight's fight is probably going to be one of the better fights of the year. Um, Danny Garcia. Robert Guerrero, both of these guys, they're fighting for a vacant for a vacant world championship tonight in the WBC. Honestly, this could be a war. This could be this could be a war. This could be something very special that happens tomorrow night. That happens tonight, and I, I'm excited to see this fight. I really am. And I think what, like I said, what could happen is somebody could get knocked out. Somebody could get, somebody could get, you know, to get out box because this is a boxing match. This is this is exactly what this could be. This could be a classic boxers match. I mean, you have. Robert Guerrero, who who isn't afraid to step in and fight anybody. You have, I mean, you have Danny Garcia, who's going to sit up here and, and, and going to, and going to just, Sat there and take punches and take punches and give punches and 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 give them. So, I mean, with that being said, I mean, this is one of those fights that you really gotta watch. You really, really gotta watch. And you know, I, I mean, 
This is just like next week's fight with with um, with Sergey Kovalev and and John Pascal, which I'll talk about next week. You know that that whole card next week is, is something serious too. There's a UFC card that that night also. So I mean that's gonna just gonna just blow your mind as well. This here the next few weeks in combat sports, whether you're a UFC fan, whether you're a boxing fan, whether you know you're the casual fan, or you're or you're just into the sport just like I am. This this is this is the time for you to watch this this entire card. The Danny Garcia Guerrero card is is a great card. Um, there's another title fight on that on that match on that match, and it's just it's just very very it's just a great great thing to see. It's a great thing to watch, and you know very excited about it. Who do I think will win this match? I like both fighters equally. Garcia has a, has has fight for days. Guerrero is a warrior. I mean, this is a this is a classic boxer boxing match that could turn into a brawl because both of them are accomplished boxers, but they will also they're also not afraid to let the bombs go either. So so you know, I mean, it's just. It's one of those things where I, I hope that you guys tune in and watch. But and last week, you know, the UFC card was it was a special card for me because the main, the co-main and the main event for me was so entertaining and it was so exciting to watch um Dominic Cruz get back basically what he deserves. I mean he deserved to be champion. You know, he never got beat for the championship. Injuries derailed him over the course of four year four and a half years. But not once not once did you see him take a step back in this fight? I mean, he used great footwork over TJ Dillashaw. TJ met him with some great leg kicks. And I think Dominic can say all he wants that those leg kicks didn't affect him. I mean, admittedly, he did say they were strong. So, you know, but... We didn't know that we didn't know he didn't make an excuse of it that you know he came in with an injury and he came in with plantar fasciitis and that if you've had plantar fasciitis I've had plantar fasciitis before that that's something serious and they actually think that he actually tore his plantar fascia during the fight. And if that's the case, then he's going to be out for another extended period of time. And I know after that fight, it wasn't even 10 minutes after he won the fight. I mean, 
and the post-fight coverage on, on FS1. Uriah Faber just says there's unfinished business. The logical fight would be yes, Uriah Faber, Dominic Cruz. Yes, that would be a logical fight. That would be a great fight. But what about TJ Dillashaw, John Dawson? I know Dillashaw said he wants to get back in the ring as, as soon as possible. John Dawson's looking for a fight. BJ Penn is talking about coming back. He's looking for a fight. Um, he said he's going to fight. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the guy's name because he's so irrelevant. That's not even funny. But also, he's going to beat him. And then he's going to beat Mike Dolce, who you know, is renowned for, for his Dolce diet. You know, and guys actually making weight and doing it in a healthy way. He he talked about a guy said that he that was his dude, just that just that in the third. And the dude called out BJ. BJ was fired up about it. So BJ is actually coming back. And I I really think the reason that BJ wants to come back is not because of the title. I just think he just wants to fight. He just wants he just it's not about a paycheck with him. I just think he just wants to get out here and just fight, get things going. I mean, get the hype back going. That that's the way that goes. And I, I would be excited. I would be very excited to see BJ Penn come back, you know, and get that one last shot and be that first that first fighter to win championships in three different weight classes, not just one. He's done it in two. He can do it in a third weight class. I mean, that would be unprecedented. You know, Conor McGregor has that chance to join to join BJ, to join Randy Couture, you know, as the only two division world champions in in the UFC. You know. And I'm like I said, I'm excited to see what could happen and what's going to happen in the next few in the next few months, next few weeks in the UFC. I mean, big cars everywhere. I mean, like I said, next week, I mean, you got Ben Rothwell, you know, fighting, fighting Josh Barnett, you know, Brian Bader, Anthony Johnson in the in the main event next week. I mean, then the week after that, Super Bowl weekend, you got Fabricio Redoom and, and Cain Velasquez to um, March. You got you got Conor McGregor getting back into the octagon and, and challenging uh, Rafael dos Anjos for for the 155 championship. And also Holly Holm making her first, her first defense against I mean against Misha Tate. I mean, this is a fun time. This is a fun time to be had by all. And I'm really hoping that Brian Caraway gets that fight against John Dotson because I would love to see John Dotson not, not, I'm sorry. I call him Brian Caraway. I should call him, I should call him Mr. Misha Tate because 
uh, Brock Haraway, as, as people know, that is Misha Tate's boyfriend, and they corner each other. So I I would love to see see that fight. I would love to see her reaction when John Dotson puts Haraway to sleep. Um, which I, I would I would exactly I would I would actually love that. I mean, Brian Caraway is not not that great of a fighter to me. Uh, he's basically living off Misha's name. But you know, yet I digress. Um, like I said, so many great things is happening in combat sports, whether it's boxing, kickboxing, um, whatever. I mean, and we all know. That Cristiano, Cristiano Cyborg Justino, she won the fight last week. So, what do we say, UFC? What are we going to do? I mean, we all know that <laughs> we all know that that Ronda Rousey is not coming back until probably September, October, at the at the earliest. We all know that Justino wants to fight. She wants to fight Holly Holm. That in itself would probably be the most epic fight in in the history of the UFC because you have Justino who's making weight at 35, and Vita 135 champion. You have Holly Holm, who I think is going to just obliterate Misha Tate in in their fight. So I mean, that is the likely scenario. That would be the scenario that I would work out if I was the matchmaker, if I was Dana White, if I was if I was the Fertitta brothers, if I was any part of Zufa, that would be the fight that I would want to see because let's think about this. You have you have two women with great names, proven fighters, You have two fighters with credentials that that are unmatched by any by any other. So why not put them in the ring? Why not put them in the octagon together? Why not? I mean, it's happened before. Why can't it happen again? Just that, like I said, I'm just excited to to see the prospects of what could happen. Um, so, I mean, it, it's very exciting. Very, very exciting. But we're going to take a quick session break. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about championships. We're going to talk about championship Sunday and the implications that it could have in regards to the history books. So, we'll be right back. Shout out to Young Johnny. What up? Home for the time. You
about it. Hey, man, I'm proud to be from the ALABAMA, the team that beat Florida and brought Bill to Tebo. And we gon' beat our entitled and that war ego. Roll Tide, that's who I'm rolling with. Y'all don't want me to unleash them elephants. I'm so Alabama. They might. 
but I don't know. <laughs> they might. I don't know. Tom Brady's been here before. No, this is Toughness Championship number 10. You know, if you look at what Tom Brady has accomplished, four Super Bowl wins, he wins tomorrow. He could be the very first quarterback in NFL history to win five Super Bowls. I mean, there's only been three franchises to win more than five Super Bowls. And we're looking at this, and it's like, wow, he can have five Super Bowls by himself. There's quarterbacks with four, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana. They're the only two with four Super Bowl rings. You have Troy Aikman with three. You have, I mean, Phil, Phil Sims has two. Jeff Hostetler has two. One of them was as a backup. But still, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger has three rings. But you look at it in this in this in this way. This is this is history in the making. If Peyton wins and goes to Super Bowl and wins Super Bowl, he can then say that he's a better quarterback than his brother, than brother Eli. But until he wins that second Super Bowl ring, I'm still going to put Eli over Peyton any day of the week. Because Eli knows how to win the big ones. But that's beyond the point. Let's look at it this way. Sports Authority Field at at Mile High. This should be this should be a home field advantage for Peyton Manning. Excuse me, but we know how he plays in cold weather situations. He's not that great. Excuse me, he's not that great. Defense won a day for him last week. Danny Trevathan and those guys, Akeem Talib, those guys. This is a whole nother animal this week because you got Gronk, you got <coughs> excuse me, you got Gronk, you got Julian Edelman who's catching everything under the sun now. Danny Amendola is healthy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, then you have the running game to 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 help out in that. I mean. How how good can this get? How good can this game get? I mean, and then on the other side of the ball, then you got the Broncos. You got, I mean, you got two good receivers. You got two good running backs. You got, I mean, this, this is this is these are matchups that could just be just excellent matchups. The weather doesn't play doesn't play havoc on on what's going on. Now, I, I really believe. Let's look at it this way. The Broncos led the NFL 
in total defense, pass defense, and sacks. And that was what happened in, you know, this is what won the day for this is what won the day for for Denver in that matchup on November 29th, Thanksgiving weekend. Now, we look at other parts of this game. The Patriots didn't do well on third downs. I mean, it's just funny. It's funny to me. You know, Tom Brady's 0-2 in Denver. Bill Belichick is 3-3 three and three in row playoff games. I mean, the Patriots are seeking an, an, a record ninth Super Bowl trip. Nine. The Broncos are trying to go for an eighth time. You know, Chris Harris, I mean, he's going to play, but, you know, we don't know how good he's going to be. It's just, it's just so funny to watch these these matchups and to see what could happen. And I'm so excited to see it. But I'm not excited to hear Phil Sims and Jim Nance call this game. But I will love the fact that Tracy Wolfson is – is going to be on the sidelines. I mean, I think she's – never mind, never mind. I, I digress. But, <laughs> I, yet I digress. <laughs> I, 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 if Peyton Manning can finally throw a, throw a touchdown pass and – They can get that running game going around him. Demarius Thomas um, starts catching the ball against the Patriots, unlike what he did the last time. <laughs> I think that I think that you know the Broncos could win, but Tom Brady is just—he's another animal right now. I mean, seven touchdowns. <laughs> to one interception in the last five games. I mean, he's he's doing the thing right now. And he's getting hot at the exact right time. And Peyton is not hot right now. I mean, he hasn't thrown a he hasn't thrown a touchdown in two in, in two games in a quarter. So I I really, really, really hope that Peyton Manning shows up, but then again, it doesn't matter if he shows up or not because I just think that I think Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, that defense that they have there. I mean, it's just it's that much better than what you see from the Broncos. Yes, the Broncos won early in the season. But Julian Edelman didn't play in that game because of his foot injury. Amendola played sparingly in that game because of hamstring and groin. 
So I I just really think that if the health if it comes out to health, I think the Broncos have an advantage. But if it comes down to just pure will and pure want to, isn't it? it the Patriots are going to win this game. I mean, the line for this game is three and a half points. I mean, I got to go with the line. I've got to go with the Patriots by a field goal. I, I have to. I mean, I, I kind of agree with the line simply because of what Tom Brady has done over the past five games, whereas what Peyton Manning hasn't done since he's come back from injury. Yeet. So, that that that's the driving force for me. And that's why I think the Patriots will win. It'll be a 24-21 game. But don't count out Peyton Manning. Don't count out Ronnie Hillman and that strong running core there. Just uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what could happen. I'm excited to see what could happen. But now, the main event, <laughs> I mean, Okay. <clears throat> well, I'm going to say the the NFL, the, the Super Bowl champion is going to come from the NFC. Whether it's Arizona, whether it's Carolina. If Arizona wins, Arizona could win. I mean, okay. Let me, let me, let me go back. The winner between Arizona and Carolina will possibly be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. If Carolina wins, Carolina's going to win the Super Bowl, period. If Arizona wins and they get past, <laughs> they get, and, and the Patriots get past the Broncos, the Cardinals will win. I'm sorry, the, the Patriots will beat the Cardinals. But if the Panthers and, and Patriots get together, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Man, this could be one of the best. Well, this could be a heavyweight fight. This this game has heavyweight fight written all over Arizona, Carolina. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm so excited for this matchup because – I'm excited for this matchup because you have Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> together. Bruce Arians. They were caught out of the offensive line because they struggled last week. They did. They struggled bad. They they struggled bad. You know, getting getting Carson Palmer sat and they, and then they're not running the ball as well as they could, which which is which is not. This is not good, especially when you have a defense the way that Carolina has that can actually <laughs> defend the pass. Okay, so let's think about this. Let's think about it in that in that in that sense. If Carson Palmer can't get the play action going, they're in trouble. But they get the run game going. Then 
Arizona has a chance to win this game. Cam Newton, Jonathan Stewart. I mean, it's so it's such a such a fun thing to just to just see and possibly watch because Patrick Peterson on take in junior <laughs> could happen more so than not. <clears throat> Josh Norman's gonna be matching up with Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, this is one of those this is one of the first times this is the first time that a conference championship game is is settled on the field with quarterbacks who went number one in the draft. This is a, one of the first times that there's been three number one draft picks. One number one overall draft picks on championship Sunday. No, this is a rarity. Because most number one draft picks you see, quarterbacks, they don't last in the league. They don't. They just don't. I mean, and this is what makes this this game so fun. It's because you're looking at a 36-year-old Carson Palmer who's probably playing the best football of his life. And he's doing things that he couldn't do in Cincinnati. He's doing things that he's doing things he couldn't do at Cincinnati, which is win a playoff game, stay healthy, stay upright. I mean, he did get sacked five times last week. I mean, let's just put it that way: he did get sacked five times, but they did win that game. So, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm excited for this game. But I'm going to go with the Panthers. I'm going to go – I mean, the Panthers – the line on the Panthers is Panthers by three. I think the Panthers will win by a touchdown. Um, I think whoever has the ball last will win this game. But I also think that if Carolina can get off that fast start like they've they've done in in last week and what they've done in previous games during the season – This this could be very very difficult. This could be a very difficult matchup for for anybody. The Carolina Panthers are because you have a run pass threat with Cam Newton. You have Greg Olson, who's who's becoming Gronk in a sense. You have you have a guy. Like, I mean, like I said, Ted Ginn Jr. is going to give you so much in the return game, in the passing game. He's your deep threat. I mean, I mean, we, we both know that they're missing, they're missing a key cog to this, to this match, to this in, in, in uh, Kelvin Benjamin, you know, who I understand is recovering great from from knee surgery and and uh he'll be back full go next year. But, you know, even without Kevin Benjamin, I mean, this Carolina Panthers team is making things happen. And that's what that's what's making it so exciting for everybody 
involved in Carolina, especially, you know, in Carolina, especially around the NFC South. I mean, they're the class of the class of the division. And whereas the NFC South has been generally one of the better divisions in the league, you know, behind the the NFC West or AFC West or NFC North in that you know, in that regard. Carolina is that steady cog. You know, they kept building and building and building and now you're seeing Cam Newton be that Cam Newton that you saw at Auburn to be that guy that they that they thought he would be when they first drafted him. I like like I said, I like Carolina by a touchdown, but the X factor in this matchup is Josh Norman. Can he put the brakes on on Larry Fitzgerald? That that's that's a big question, that's a big ask. Do I think he can do it? Of course. I really do. I I think that he can that he can do it. But don't get me wrong, Larry Fitzgerald's gonna get his touches, gonna get his catches. Is that's just that's just the way of life. That's just a fact of life. Um, so that being said, I mean, I'm very excited about Championship Sunday. I'm gonna be sitting in front of my in front of my T V. Probably gonna be watching it probably gonna be watching it online as well, you know, <laughs> from another perspective. Probably in another language, probably gonna mute it, probably gonna mute my T V so I want to listen to, to Joe Buck and Troy. But I can also watch Aaron Andrews too, so that that that, that makes it that much better. But yet I digress again. <laughs> Sorry. But you know that's about all I have on, on that. But we're gonna take a quick session break, you know, come back and we're gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about what you know, my experience this this, this past Thursday, uh, in Columbus, Georgia. Uh went to the Grand Sour Sign event. Um, saw some great acts, saw some great people, met some great people, met some great acts, and met dignitaries from from different radio stations from around from around the area. So we come back. We're going to talk about that. Then we're going to wrap everything up. All right. Stay tuned. This is Tailgate Crew, Live by Chance Network. You know.
Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. Now, we're gonna jump into something that that me and my me and my admin Wendy and and T Rex of the Live by Tan show. We went to Columbus, Georgia this past Thursday night. We went to the Grind Till I Sign event in in Columbus. Had <laughs> so much fun there because for one, I met so many good I met so many nice people, dignitaries, people who were just doing their thing on uh, on stage. Um a lot of a lot of a lot of there were a lot of great 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 groups. Um shout out to my man shout out to my man uh Mr. Ace. Um and um I mean it's just it's a lot of fun had by all and it was a great success. Big shout out to Phoenix Entertainment. Uh, <laughs> Boss Lady uh Bartini's on Broadway, DJ Stone who who put together everything, um, DJ Trues and you know, it was just a lot of fun. Uh head by all. I actually fell in love with, I actually fell in love uh on Saturday as well, on, on Thursday night as well, because one of the acts on the show, man, she blew me away just by the way that she looked, by the way that she I mean, she was just so she was just so sexy cool calm collected you know what i mean and there were others who spit bars there were other there were others that that they i mean like i said spit bars put it down for what they do put it down for the cause you know it was all about the music and that's what i that's what i was so excited about it was all about the music and everybody who came out you know they did their thing so you know i mean I mean, it was just it was just exciting, just exciting to see, and um, it was a great success. I mean, it really was a great success. Um, John Sassan, and hopefully, hopefully, I get to come back down to Martinis on Broadway again, and 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 just hang out in there because it's a nice bar to go into. But the winners, the winners were uh, the third place winner uh, was uh, Monet Jones. Who, in my opinion, man, this girl, this girl, so bad. <laughs> I'm, I, this girl, so dude, this, this, guys, this girl, so dope, so cute, so sexy. I mean, she put it down. I mean, and she was tastefully dressed. I mean, black, this black leather pants, you know. A sheer black top, but it wasn't so sheer to where you can like see everything. I mean, you know, she just looked very tasteful and was so fine, dude. She was so fine. Like I'm sitting up there, I'm up there with T Rex and 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 the admin Wendy, and I'm just sitting up there. I'm, I'm looking at her and I, I got I got my hand on the, I got my arm on the rail and got my hand on my. My hand on, you know, all over my, on my face, you know, holding my chin up, you know, so that way it won't drop, you know, got a little, got a little bib on, so that way I won't start slobbing and stuff, you know. So, but <laughs> it, it was, it was a lot of, like I said, the girl was bad. That girl was bad, dude. And then 
Um, one of my favorite acts was another classic, and uh, he, the dude, could spit bars. I mean, like it was—he's a conscious rapper, and he put it down. He put it down, but you know, the winner, you know, was the winner was uh, was Chocolate Hershey. And she's a cool, she's very cool, very calm. She spit bars, too. I mean, and for a girl, I mean, she put it down. I mean, she put it all the way down. And then her outfit was was something straight out of, straight out of, I mean, I won't even call it Lil' Kim's Closet. I mean, this girl had the body, like, I mean, Honestly, she was a black cocoa for real, <laughs> for real, for real. I mean, I mean, yeah. That's all I'm gonna say about that. She she was like cocoa. I mean, but she spit bars. She had she got skill, and I'm telling you, I mean, like DJ Stone said, man, there ain't no local artists. We're all artists, you know. And we all putting it down for the cause, and we all, we all doing, we all trying to dream, do it big, you know, get our voices heard. So, with that being said, man, I mean, it's like, it's like this. If you have a dream, and you want to accomplish it, go out there and work hard on it. Don't sit on your laurels. Don't do anything of the sort, because if you, if you sit back. And you wait on things, you're going to be waiting your whole life, like myself. I mean, I've always wanted to get into radio and talk about sports and, and do the things that I'm doing right now. But without the support, without the help of friends and family, I had no one, and I mean absolutely no one, to turn to. But when you got people behind you, no matter what the situation is, you're going to be a-okay, not only in life, but in everything you do, in everything you try to succeed. You know, you know, the soul saying goes, success never happens unless you try. So, with that being said, go out, get your dreams, you know, support everybody who's trying to support you. It's just like everybody said. Everybody who was out there started networking, supporting each other, getting getting each other's names and stuff out, man. This is what this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. Having fun, doing what you love, and just making the best out of life. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with that. So with that being said, I'm going to end that right there. And we're going to end the show right here by saying always keep God first. Fight for your dreams because nobody's going to fight for fight for your dreams for you. And if you're the dreamer out there and you want to make stuff happen, make it happen. I want to give a special thanks to, like again, to Phoenix Entertainment. Boss Lady Martinez on Broadway, DJ Stone, my man T Rex. Um, shout out to my man 350 Beach. Uh, 
who I met down there, man, dude's a cool dude. Uh, young Mike Ace, young Mike Ace, who's a cool dude, and and uh, once again, my man T Rex, T Rex, T Rex, same old, same uh, old man. Yeah, I was checking in. I know you were talking about the grand till I signed and then it was it was a great success. Man, and then you know, we talked you know, I just talked about the winners and stuff and talked about my favorite artists though. I mean yeah, I who's your favorite artist? <laughs> I just fell in love. I just fell in love Thursday night, man. I mean I did. I mean, Monet did her thing and it was tasteful, dude. It was so tasteful. Man, I wish she could have oh, got that thousand dollars, but you know. But shout out to the shout out to the girl Chocolate Hershey for winning for winning a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, that's so, what's up. You, hey, you need to you make sure you hit hit the winners up too, man, because uh, uh, we have added them on our Facebook, and then of course oh, I, I added them on my Facebook as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I added all three of them on my Facebook as well, so. You know, I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna hit up, we're gonna, we're gonna chop it up a little bit. Yeah, I'm just, like I said, I mean, if you want your dream to happen, you have to go out and do it for yourself. Exactly. I mean, right or wrong. You're right I mean, about that. I mean, if it wasn't for guys know. like like yourself, guys like Wendy, people like Wendy, you know, DJ EA. You know everybody that's involved with the top live by Terrence network and all the families that are involved in the network. I wouldn't be here because I wouldn't even know what the first thing to do in making my dream come true. So that's why I always thank y'all every time. You know, I end my show and I start my show the same way. Well, definitely appreciate that. You know. You know, God placed people in our lives at the right time when when we have things going on. I mean, of course, if you don't act on your dream, it, it would will only be a dream. It, it won't be reality. It be it will stop within yourself. So, you know, God teaches us to step out of our comfort zone, and that's the only way we are able to reach people or even to achieve our dreams. We got to step out of comfort zone sometimes. Amen and amen to that. But uh, once you give every, once you give everybody a, a preview of what your show, of what Tuesday's going to be like on the Live by Terrence show. Well, we got a lot of good hot interviews coming up from regional artists to national recording artists um, during the month of February and March. Uh, of course, March is going to be a big month for the the whole network as we're going to be doing a spring break podcast tour down in Panama City Beach from March the 11th to March the 17th. And so far we have DJ Paul of 3-6 Mafia on as an interview for March the 14th. And then also the first place winner of the Grind Till I Sign event will be interviewed on that same show. So we just kind of getting everything lined up for the Tuesday show to kind of um, – do most of our interviews on on, on Tuesdays um, on the King of Underground Media show, which you know we leave Thursdays strictly mostly music, and of course on Saturdays on your show, sports. So we we, we all have a a great platform to use to promote and also reach out to people that's tuned in and listening, and you know 
And it's, it's, it's uh, a blessing to be able to, to have something like that. Definitely is. Definitely is. And like I said, I want to give a special shout out to young Mike Ace, who's, who uh, hit me up yesterday. Me and him talked about a lot of things. And um, he's actually mm-hmm. going to email me some, some stuff uh, so that way he we can put it on the show and, and things of that nature. So that way, you know, he can get a little bit of exposure as well. Also to to uh, 350 Beats, uh, dude, that dude's a cool dude as well. You know, uh, got to, got to hang out and talk with him for a little bit uh, on Thursday night as well. So, um, mm-hmm. just a, it's just like I said, just a lot of people that we got to hang out with and uh, got to network with and and everything. So, hopefully, hopefully, you know, everybody is getting their success on. Everybody's getting their getting that grind on because this is what we do. Amen to that. But um we gonna we gonna cut this we're gonna cut this show a little short today. We're gonna we gonna give some time back to the people, give some time back to everybody else. Um but I wanna say a special thanks again to T Rex, to the admin Wendy, uh DJ EA, Casey, um, Valencia you know, TJ, Deontay, Tate and Cameron. Uh, so uh, with that being said, everybody have a great weekend. Support your local team. Get out there and, you know, support your local colleges as well and support the local and support all your artists that you have in your, in your town. Oh, yes. And as always, let's go tailgating. searching for this truth here.
blasting it off, living and flying with no engine. They running with all gimmick up. Right about the blue like a Scott Bell. Stand back, sit calm like a sign bell. Faded in the mind. A non-five product at a time. Two navigation, new direction for the blind. 24 7 battle get time with a 617 on the side. Let them ride. Uh, I hear Cali for the in and out Got the normal scene on a different route So they wonder what the kid about Meet it from the views, never know it till you live it out 90 minute winning from records that I was kicking on Living by the minute, don't gotta capture the image Ain't a dag, how me and music could get along New control, move switching with a different song Since gon' hit him like a still pill prop Rhyme game pacing at the L kid jock I love it for what it is, I hate it for what it's not I'm no no ass, no F, no Mac, no Adams, not you, not them. No. With the lights on my own, I set the stage. Through the balance of the stones, I get away. Through the minds of the best, I can get away. If I'm not what I'm in today. Yeah. Hey. I can get away. Ain't no time not to get away. Ain't on a getaway. Uh, no fellas ain't locking in. Uh, 